Hometown Ghost Stories contains serious and often distressing events and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. This week on Hometown Ghost Stories, Albuquerque, New Mexico, is the home to several haunted locations, including the Chemo Theater and Haunted Hill, which many have linked to the murders committed by a serial killer known as the West Mesa Bone Collector. This is episode number 41 of Hometown Ghost Stories, The Ghosts of Haunted Hill, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Albuquerque, New Mexico, 2007. Mark pressed end call on his new iPhone, still slightly mystified by its touchscreen concept. The call had been from his head of security, working the overnight shift at the new West Mesa development Mark's company was building. Typically, he would let security deal with breaches, but this was the fourth time in three nights that one of the guards saw somebody trespassing on the site. He pulled his boots on and glanced at the clock. 1.15 a.m. It was about a 20-minute drive to the outskirts of the city where the massive development was, which was in its infancy with only foundations poured. Trespassing was something that was taken seriously with all the high-end excavation equipment on site. As he pulled into the gate... Mark was met by Ivan, the head of security, and Lorenzo, the guard who was on duty that night. What's the deal? Mark asked as he stepped onto the gravel road. Lorenzo spotted another trespasser, Ivan explained. Mark looked over at Lorenzo. Right, he said. I was walking by the hill on the southeast side of the property line, and I saw a lantern just swinging off in the dark. I called out, but he just kept walking. I started running after him, and I was sure I was going to catch him because he didn't quicken his pace, just kept the same stride. As I closed in on him, I pointed the flashlight at him, but there was nothing there. No person, no lantern, nothing. Mark looked at Ivan. You got me out of bed at 1am for this? Ivan was quick to respond. I said the same thing, but the guard on duty last night had the same exact experience in the same exact spot. At that, the men agreed to head out to the area to check it out. It was a relatively short walk over to the hill, but it was very dark due to there being no moon that night. They walked the area at the foot of the hill, but saw no lanterns and no trespassers. After about 20 minutes of their seemingly futile search, Mark approached Ivan to discuss abandoning the effort, but before he had a chance to say anything, they all heard something coming from the rocks at the foot of the hill. It sounded like something being dragged across the dirt. Lorenzo shone his flashlight in that direction, but it was hard to make anything out due to all the shadows cast by the large looming rocks. Who's there? called Ivan. Mark just stood there, suddenly overcome by a feeling of dread. He watched Lorenzo and Ivan slowly approaching the rocks, but his feet remained planted where he stood. Just then, from behind one of the rocks, a tall figure stood up. The other two men stopped walking as the dark figure reached its full height of what had to be at least seven or eight feet. 
Mark couldn't tell if it was just because of the flashlights casting the shadow in a way that made whatever it was look so monstrous, but the overwhelming feeling of dread he had was suddenly interrupted as the figure lifted its head and stared directly at Mark with fiery red eyes before vanishing into the night. I'm Dave Wilkins, and this is Hometown Ghost Stories, Albuquerque, New Mexico. The city of Albuquerque is the most populous city in the state of New Mexico and is located on the Rio Grande in west-central New Mexico, opposite the Sandia and Manzano Mountains to the east. Petroglyphs, carved into the basalt in the western part of the city, bear testimony to an early Native American presence in the area. Europeans first arrived in 1540, and the city was officially founded in 1706 by Don Francisco Cuervo y Valdez governor and captain general of New Mexico. It was named for the Duke of Albuquerque, then Viceroy of New Spain. Albuquerque was a farming and shepherding community and strategically located trading and military outposts along the Camino Real. The town of Albuquerque was built in the traditional Spanish villa pattern, a central plaza surrounded by government buildings, homes, and a church. This central plaza has been preserved and is open to the public as a cultural area and center of commerce. During the Civil War, Albuquerque was occupied for two months in February 1862 by Confederate troops. They remained until April 8th, where they made a stand which became known as the Battle of Albuquerque, a day-long engagement at long range that led to few casualties as citizens of Albuquerque aided the Republican Union to rid the city of the occupying Confederate troops. In 1880, the ATSF Railway was built to connect Santa Fe with Topeka and Atchison, Kansas. The railroad came directly through Albuquerque, attracting many new businesses. This would kick off more than a century of economic growth for the city. In the late 90s and early 2000s, Albuquerque, like many other cities, began what seemed like it would be a next-level phase of growth with the housing boom. Many huge development projects broke ground with high hopes only to be dashed and abandoned in 2008 when the market crashed. This left huge areas of the city partially developed, leading to an exponential increase in crime. One of the partially developed areas was in the city's West Mesa. Neighbors to the development began complaining about one of the drainage arroyos that had been buried by the developer, leading to flooding. To solve the flooding issue, the developer built a retaining wall to channel stormwater to a retention pond. It worked but it also led to the exposure of something very dark and disturbing. On February 2nd, 2009, Christine Ross was out walking her dog on the West Mesa. As she approached the area at the base of a hill, she noticed something protruding from the ground. This area had up until recently been covered and unexposed before a developer built a retaining wall to fix the flooding. She initially walked past the protruding object not really thinking much into it, but only got a few paces before her curiosity got the better of her. She turned around and walked back over to it. It was white. Maybe it's some kind of animal bone, she thought to herself. Apparently, her dog was thinking the same thing because he began sniffing and poking at it with his nose. She pulled the dog back with the leash and leaned over to clear some of the dirt away from it, 
it was definitely a bone. And as she pulled it out of the ground, she realized that it definitely wasn't from an animal. It was a human leg bone. She immediately reported her discovery to the Albuquerque police, who wasted no time getting to the site. They confirmed it was, in fact, a human bone and taped off the crime scene. Authorities began carefully excavating the area where they came across the gruesome discovery of a nearly complete skeleton of a young woman who would later be identified as Victoria Chavez, a 26-year-old mother of two who disappeared in 2004. A team of detectives were analyzing the collection of bones. It's not a complete skeleton, one detective remarked. No, replied the lead forensic anthropologist, but that's not what's concerning. These femur bones are different sizes, she continued. They're not from the same person. As the police continued to excavate the area, they uncovered what would become the largest crime scene in Albuquerque's history. A mass grave containing the remains of 11 women and girls, one of which had been pregnant. They were all between the ages of 15 and 32. Most were Hispanic, and most were involved in drugs and sex work. Police believe that all had been killed and buried by the same person, a serial killer who would later be labeled as the West Mesa Bone Collector. Victims included Jamie Barilla, age 15, Monica Candelaria, age 22, Victoria Chavez, age 26, Virginia Cloven, age 24, Celania Edwards, age 15, Cinnamon Elks, age 32, Doreen Marquez, age 24, Julie Nieto, age 24, Veronica Romero, age 28, Evelyn Salazar, age 27, and Michelle Valdez, age 22, who had been pregnant at the time of her death. Police believe that along with these victims are at least six other potential victims who were also reported missing from the area during the same time period. All of them were involved in drugs and prostitution, but since none of their bodies were discovered in the mass grave with the first 11 victims, the remaining six are presumed to be buried in a separate mass grave. No official suspect has ever been named in connection with the murders, though a number of men have attracted police attention over time. During the investigation, one of the victim's mothers went public claiming friends of her daughter believed a corrupt cop was abducting sex workers, decapitating them, and burying them in the Arroyo Banks in West Mesa, but these claims were not taken seriously by officials. In June 2018, more bones were found near the site of the burials, but these were later determined to be ancient and not related to the West Mesa murders. Haunted Hill According to ghostlyworld.org, the hill known as Haunted Hill is found just at the end of Manal's foothills. The sound of screaming, bodies being dragged around, and footsteps can be heard there. An apparition of an old man coming after you has been known to chase after those who visit the hill. From a distance, it appears he is walking with a lantern. Legend has it, the man used to live up in a cave at the top of the hill, where he would kill prostitutes during the weekend. Some people believe this was made up after the discovery of the 11 murdered women in West Mesa, but the hauntings of Haunted Hill predate the murders by many decades. Many believe the area is haunted by a malevolent non-human spirit, whether it be a demon or a skinwalker. 
people who have visited the area have reported sightings of a tall figure lurking in the shadows, accompanied by screams in the night. In 1990, Albuquerque police discovered a massive 400-foot-wide satanic symbol carved into the West Mesa. Nearby letters spelled out T-E-R-F or T-E-A-F, which many locals believe to be the name of a demon to which human sacrifices were likely dedicated. Decades later, ancient human bones would be discovered in the area. There are several other haunted locations throughout the city. Arroyos, which are natural drainage gullies that branch off major rivers, are said to be haunted by the ghost of La Llorona, Spanish for weeping woman, a ghost whose origin has ties to Mexico City, but has been spotted in many areas in the southwestern United States. We covered La Llorona in depth in episode 33. Another famous haunted location in Albuquerque is the Chemo Theater. It was built in 1927 by Arista Bacecki to show both motion pictures as well as stage productions. Chemo was a combination of two Indian words literally meaning mountain lion, but more liberally interpreted as king of its kind. Unfortunately for its builder, Bacecki died just one year after the theater opened. Management was then passed down to Bacecki's two sons, and the theater saw decades of success. That success was interrupted in 1951, however, when a six-year-old boy named Bobby Darnell was killed when the boiler in the basement exploded, demolishing part of the original lobby. The boiler was located right beneath the concession stand in the lobby. Bobby, who had been sitting in the theater balcony with some friends, suddenly was frightened by something on screen and ran down the staircase, closely followed by his friend Llewellyn. Just as he arrived, something went horribly wrong. Beneath the stairs, an eight-gallon hot water heater exploded, sending chunks of plaster and wood rocketing across the theater, destroying a large portion of the building in its wake of destruction. Llewellyn grabbed her little brother Ronald, along with a frightened toddler she saw standing alone amongst the chaos. She escorted the children outside, frantically searching for Bobby. News of the disaster spread across the city immediately. One man lost an eye. But the worst news broadcast over the radio was that the corpse of an unidentified boy waited in the morgue for his unsuspecting parents. Llewellyn's mother rushed to the theater, relieved to find her children unharmed. But panic set in as she looked into her daughter's eyes. I can't find Bobby, Llewellyn exclaimed. Not even an hour earlier, she had dropped the three children off at the theater, and now she had to break the news to the parents of her children's playmate. More than half a century later, the chemo theater is still thriving, but it's also known to be haunted by a mischievous ghost believed to be that of Bobby, the boy killed all those years ago. 1988. Tony Marsh, chemo theater's technical director, looked down at a box of donuts on the desk. They were untouched, and they were beautiful. He looked at the door, and then back down at the donuts. I shouldn't do it, he said out loud. The donuts didn't respond. He was on day six of his diet, and he was very proud of the two and a half pounds he dropped. I'm not going to do it, he declared. He made sure nobody else was in the building, locked the door behind him, and went home for the evening. The next morning, he was the first car to pull into the lot. He unlocked the door and stepped into the empty building. I'm not going to do it, he said as he turned around but noticed the box of donuts on the table was empty. Tony knew he was the last to leave and the first to show up. 
He also knew that if it were rats, they would have left a mess, and the box was clean and empty. He and the crew believed it was the ghost of Bobby just looking for a late-night snack and began leaving donuts tied to strings against the back wall. One night, before the performance of A Christmas Carol, the crew removed the donuts from the back wall. During the rehearsal, everything that could go wrong went wrong. Lights would randomly shut off, leaving actors to scramble in the dark, bumping into one another, panicking as inexplicable screeching came howling from the sound system. Tony replaced the donuts on the back wall later that night, and everything seemed to calm down. The production went on the next night without any issues. This would happen again and again over the years with different production crews. Most people believe the ghost to be the innocent spirit of Bobby, but others believe there's a malevolent entity posing as a child. People claim to feel both physically and mentally drained when in the building for extended periods of time. Others claim to hear voices echoing through the back halls. Nobody really knows what causes these unusual events, but the people who experience them are convinced they're supernatural. These are just a few haunted locations in a city riddled with dark energy. Legends of satanic cults in the late 70s and again in the 90s. Legends of demons and skinwalkers. Legends of a faceless ghost known as the crybaby monster for its horrible cries. The hauntings in this city may not be as well known as others, but the horrors of the West Mesa have turned many skeptics into full-on believers in the paranormal. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome into Hometown Ghost Stories, episode 41. That's right. Yeah. Albuquerque, Albuquerque, New Mexico. I'm Jesse Wilkins. I'm joined by Rob Coakley. What's up, Rob? I am convinced that Dave picks stories with towns with Spanish pronunciation or names with Spanish pronunciation just so he can show off like that he can say them. That's It, it has to be what's going on. It's like every episode now he does a fantastic job with it enjoy oh it's is, great uh, but no one likes to show off <laughs> well no one likes dave uh speaking of which awesome hello trip. dave how are you uh bien muy bien <laughs> <laughs> there he is <laughs> this guy yeah so albuquerque new mexico this one has been on my back burner for a couple of weeks now and um, really got so I, it gave me extra time to dig into it, which was cool. And there are so many haunted locations in this town. There's a 100% chance we come back here so I could do more Spanish pronunciations. That's um, the only reason he's coming back. There's the no only haunted reason. places. That's it. No, no that was okay. Worst. So there are, there are. So there's the Botker Mansion, which I didn't cover. There's the High Noon Saloon. There's Hotel Andalus. There's the Little Theater. There's the Mount Calvary Cemetery. And there's the Albuquerque Press Club. And the list goes on. There's also a whole bunch of like cryptid stuff, too. So you know what those all have in common? What? They all had really easy pronunciations, so obviously that's why, that's they, why they got left out. Episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to take the easy road. So, anyways, I want to thank everyone who's hanging out in live chat. Thank you to uh, Irish Assassin for streaming our stream on his stream. Uh, go give him a follow on Twitch. 
and uh, everyone else is hanging out. I, I got to give a big shout out to Captain McSlugs and Catherine who are tuning in all the way from whatever country. Where are they? Aruba. Aruba. That is uh, that is extra don't, effort. Don't thank them. No, yeah, if they right. were dedicated, they would have went to Albuquerque for their for their trip. They don't have to. Andrew, as everyone knows, Andrew is our resident expert on Albuquerque, so he already knows everything. <laughs> so he doesn't have to. So uh, thanks to everyone there, and thanks to everyone who has a. Uh, uh, subbed on Patreon and people who have left five star reviews. We'll go over those later on in the episode. But first and foremost, let's talk about Albuquerque. Let's yes. let's do it. So um, I think we start with the chemo theater because I think that was a kind of a fun one. Um, I never would have imagined being able to tell a ghost story about donuts, but uh, here we are. So I heard about this story from um, the same book that I heard about the Modesto story from a few weeks ago. And that was coast to coast ghosts by Leslie rule. And um, I, I gave her book a shout out last time. I'll do it again. It's a really, really cool book. She basically just goes across the nation and just hits all the uh, haunted, haunted. Most of them are haunted, like police related things, because she's involved with um, the police in one way or another. But um, I don't think this one had anything to do with the police. But um, this was cool. So it's a, it is a haunted movie theater. Well, they do movies and they do like actual stage productions and whatnot. And the um, it is haunted by this one ghost. So most of the people that know the story um, believe it's just a playful ghost uh, who likes to play pranks and like snacks. But um, there are the people that believe it is a dark entity posing as a demon, which is what Catherine seems to believe. Um, also, she says Catherine over here believes that there is no such thing as child ghosts, only demons posing as children. So um, I don't, I don't believe that. I don't subscribe to that theory, but I do think that children ghosts are more likely to be demons if that makes sense it does make yeah. sense yeah yeah so you completely subscribe to it is what you're saying no i'm, 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 saying I'm just kidding yeah so this one uh the the fun side of it is it could be a little spirit of a six-year-old uh bobby uh darnell jr is that correct bobby Bobby, Bobby, Darnell, Darnell, Darnell. Bobby, and uh, Bobby. <laughs> supposed to do playful things like leave things on the stage and mess with the lights, uh, messing with the electrical power, uh, distracting the performers, playful things. So th- this one, I actually agree that it's probably not a demonic angle just because I can't because it's the donut thing that throws me off like a demon that that wants donuts. I don't we don't make the rules, Dave. Wait, I don't make That's my it. life. <laughs> it's just a, yeah. Maybe it's just a demon with high cholesterol or something. I At that know. point, <laughs> like you're you're a demon, right? Mm. You don't have to watch your diet. You might as well go for uh, some delicious donuts. It's true. Yeah, right. That is true. That is true. And I guess when does a demon ever get a chance to have donuts? So I don't know. But um, but yeah. So that's Catherine that, <laughs> says says that we do not make the rules. <laughs> he's got a he's got a couple of good ones. He's had a Dunkin' Demons. <laughs> Dunkin' Demons is good. Yeah, a few good uh, crispy uh, crispy demon cream. Uh, so a couple, couple good donut jokes here going on with the demons. So this whole thing is like, you know, obviously it's a tragedy the way that the kid died, but then it's like more of a playful spirit that just like out of left field you came with this demonic approach, and I was like, Whoa. I did not see that that coming here. Um, based on the things that you were going over. So there are theories based on reactions of people being in the presence of it. Correct. Yeah. So that's what there's, there's fewer of those types of experiences, but people, when they talk about having their energy drained, that's one thing that usually I think leads more towards the demonic. And then there's, um, what is that? I don't know. Um, (laughs) 
there's a demon. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, this whole situation where they, they took the donuts away, the, you know, the lights start, you know, flickering and chaos and whatnot. Um, I guess not necessarily demonic. That could just be, could just be a little kid having a tantrum that you took his donuts away. True. Very true. Very true. So I mean, what, you know, believe what you will, but most people believe that it's a playful ghost. Um, That's what it seems like. And I was, as they were tying the donuts to the back wall, I'm just like, can you imagine the amount of bugs that they are having come into this place? <laughs> I know. I know. I was, I was waiting for that part of the story where they're like, and then the flies yeah. everywhere. It's like, oh, yeah. demon. Oh, no. Or just or, trash. <laughs> or just food. Because of the donuts that you hung up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, probably not the greatest idea. That's I don't think we're gonna add that to our ghost hunting repertoire where we hang donuts up on a wall and just see if we catch something like we're fishing. So um don't look for that in any of our future investigation videos. Definitely not. Definitely not. Matthew Thomas says uh cops like donuts, maybe the demon is the cop that killed the women. I like how he tied them both together there. Mm. Just like they tied the donuts together. Oh, that's right. I don't know what they did. Um, we can use that segue as a segue over into the uh, haunted hill and the the serial killer, which I think was. I don't. I don't think I'd, I'd. I hadn't heard of this serial killer until I was researching this episode, and I was looking up. I was looking into haunted hill, and um, there's all of a sudden I come across this West Mesa bone collector. I'm like, that's a catchy name. What is this? And it's a serial killer. And I was like, wow. So I went into uh, look into that story, and that story is crazy. There was. Um, there was a, so they never found the, uh, the serial killer. They never had an actual suspect or, or was able to prosecute anyone, but there's a couple of suspects that were, um, pretty compelling. They made compelling. So the first one was Joseph Blee. Did you guys get a chance to look into this serial killer case at all? I listened to some shows on it, but I didn't deep dive. Right. So they had a, a list of, of a couple suspects, and the first guy's name was Joseph Blee, and he caught the attention of investigators almost immediately after the first remains of the West Mesa victims uh, were found because his ex-wife contacted the police and was like, look into this guy. Uh, he's a creep. And um, they actually, when they did, they actually already knew a lot about him. So he's actually currently right now serving a 90-year in prison, a 90-year sentence in prison because he was con- uh, convicted of um, a whole bunch of sexual assault cases. Uh, and his nickname was the uh, the middle school, the mid-school something. I forget. I don't have that right here. Either but. way, it sounds like it's going to be awful. And honestly, yeah. obviously, if he got 90 years, then he's done his fair share of sexual crimes, which it's like finally, with so many of these crimes, like not to get too much into law and order, it's like, sexual offenders should always get like 90 years. I know like some crimes are worse than others, but especially when it comes to like, I mean, if he's, you know, going after middle school age kids, like just death penalty, death penalty or really long terms. So obviously, but obviously if he got 90 years, then uh, <clears throat> he's a bad dude with a bad rap sheet. And um, he could be, what leads you to think that he's, he could be the one. Uh, well, they found DNA, on a dead sex worker in 1985 or his DNA. And so that let that connected him to a similar situation. And then another thing is they found a receipt that he had bought, uh, like a juniper tree from a nursery and they found Definitely the, him. that that's <laughs> they found his receipt for the tree on one of, or like right with one of the bodies that they found, like one of the 11 bodies. So 
that gave him a direct connection to her. I mean, they couldn't use it to prove that he actually killed her. But I mean, like with his rap sheet and his MO, I mean, he was definitely, he still is like a major um, suspect. Like suspect. They, they imagine aren't. imagine juniper juniper tree shopping before doing a murder. Like you're yeah. just out picking on a tree like, God, I just got to kill someone. <laughs> I know, seriously. This is why I, I don't buy juniper shoes. Yeah. That's a good, yeah, that's a solid strategy. One thing leads to another, all of a sudden you're a serial killer. Exactly. Well, the the big tragedy in all this is every case that you come across with a serial killer that's killing sex workers, it's because the police generally don't care. Like, as a whole, it's just they tell the victims' families the same thing. Well, you don't know they're dead. You don't know where they are. They could have ran off. You know their lifestyle. And that's for all sex workers. And then you get into, like, minority sex workers, and it's even worse. Like, they just do not care. And it's, right. it's a big they, flaw. Whether they system. care, it's, it's with when it comes to sex workers or drug addicts or whatever, homeless people, um, it's just easier to write off, well, they're probably in a crack house somewhere. Or they probably just moved on to the next city or whatever. And there is a, a whole lot less effort going into searching for these people or figuring out um, who these people are. I, I think once they started uh, discovering some of the, I mean, obviously when they were all buried in the same spot, it was pretty easy to figure out that all these crimes were connected. And all, also, I mean, I know a lot of times we cover things that are at least like a hundred years old. This is recent. So this was, I think what, 2005, 2000. Or, well, yeah, the, Early 2000s, they started discovering these bodies? Yeah, so the girls went missing between 2003 and 2005, and then um, they found the bodies in 2009. And the, the investigation is still open. They're still, they won't close it. They won't make it a cold right. case. And Especially it could have been going on much now. longer if he had other dumping spots and stuff that they just haven't found. You know, they freakish, like they found this one because of someone walking their dog. So, yeah, but the only reason the only reason she even found that bone was because the neighbors were complaining about the flooding, so they mm-hmm. redirected the the drainage route somewhere else, and like that washed out all that area, and n- now you got a bone sticking out of the ground that wouldn't have been there before. So, what do they so do? Was, do you know what they're doing with the area now? Are they still developing on it? Because no, so the developing stopped when the market crashed and the, um, the builder rich basically just ran out of money in there. That just happened to a lot. So this is why like right. half of Albuquerque is, is like half developed. So now it's still undeveloped and well, now it's still a major open crime scene. So they can't, they won't close the case. So they can't do anything with the land. The builder was supposed to build like a memorial for the 11 victims. And he's, he just hasn't got around to it. Um, so that's, that's what's going on with it now. But um, yeah, there's a hundred thousand dollar reward. Uh, back in 2010, it was a hundred grand. Uh, there were other suspects as well. Um, Frank Reynolds, who was a pimp, uh, knew some of the women. He apparently had some pictures of the missing uh, sex workers. He died in 2009, so there's not much more you can do with that. But they actually they ruled still- they ruled him out. They he had there was a reason that he had the pictures, and it was some. I don't want to get it wrong, but there was had something to do with um, him being the he, pimp. Yeah, or something like that. But he ended up; they ended up ruling him out. The other two, um, Blee that we just talked about, and Lorenzo Montoya, who I think is probably the killer, um, they have not ruled out. So Lorenzo Montoya, this one's an interesting one. He actually died in 2006 because there was um, uh, an escort who was going with her pimp, who was also her boyfriend. Uh, over to this guy's house so she could do a dance and the pimp was waiting in his car 
and it was like an hour goes by and he's just waiting. He's like, this is too long. So he goes over to, they were in a trailer and he's looking for her through the trailer park. And all of a sudden he sees Montoya coming out of the, the trailer with a something big wrapped in a sheet. Oh, so he's dragging this thing and he's like, Oh man, I think that's her. And, um, he confronted Montoya. Montoya dropped the, what ended up being the body and pulls out a gun and the pimp also pulled out a gun and shot Montoya to death on the scene. And then the police came and they found out that it was the, um, it was the sex worker. So that's a, that's a top tier pimp right there. Yeah. Yeah. It was well, well, so he actually didn't serve any time. He got off on self-defense, which was good, but the police said, they said that, um, the fact that he in such a short amount of time just killed this girl and was like, so ready, like had her like bound up. He's yeah. like, like, this probably was not his first time doing this. And he lived very close to the, um, to the area where they found the 11 women. So they, yeah, he lived within three miles of the burial site. Right. So that's, that's who I think it was. I think that fits the most. And then the other option is Joseph Blee and Lorenzo Montoya were both separate serial killers killing people with a similar MO and that's explain that would explain your um your because you still have those other six missing girls that they haven't found they presume are, is in a different uh burial mm-hmm. plot burial plot um mass grave mass grave yep. yeah so um you do have that possibility that there just happened to be two different serial, serial killers at the same time which was the case with um Ed Gein and the earthquake killer there those were two serial killers that happened to be operating at the same time uh, in the same city and it's, it confused police. Cause they're like, what is going on? <laughs> you know? So it, it wouldn't, it's not unheard of that that would happen. Yeah. There's a ton working right by Ed Kemper at the same time he was working. You can go Ed- right on and on and on. And then you have like the traveling killers as well. So yeah, we could do. Yeah. There was also, um, Ed Scott Kemper's what I meant, not Ed Gein, but yeah. Yeah. Scott Lee Kimball was being investigated for the West Mesa murders. Uh, he's also a serial killer. He denied killing them. I mean, he's from Colorado, but um, he's being investigated. So, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of people that were being investigated, but it seems like Blee is their favorite uh, suspect there. I do like Dave's theory. It makes sense the most to me that these people have a, have a system, and it seemed like he was knee-deep in his system. We've talked about this with Velisca. Like, clearly the house in Velisco wasn't the guy's first murder, right? And we can see it with this particular person. He has the body ready to go. He's he's re- He didn't panic if something went wrong, like if it was an accident or like, you know, situation went sideways. Normally you would panic. You'd be sitting there like, what do I do? What do I do? This guy was like, boom, 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 boom. Killed her, had her ready to go, and was armed. Doesn't it seem a little sloppy, though, that he was doing it with... Uh, now, I don't know what the strategy was, but it, that he was killing her with the pimp just waiting outside. He probably didn't know he was out there. Didn't know he was out there. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. if, he, if he did, there's no way he would have dragged the body out. You know? right. right, right. Just seems and, a little uh, floppy. The other, the other thing is is the, the murders and disappearances stopped right after 2006. That's when the last one was. So, so that's the other one. Typically, when the, you know, somebody dies and the killing stopped, that's kind of a... So either that or he moved, you know, moved towns or something. Moved towns or ended up in jail for a different crime, like uh, a lot of these serial killers. Anytime that the pattern stops, that's usually one of those three reasons. The other, the other thing is the uh, in 2006 is when that building company bought that land and started developing it. So he would have stopped burying bodies there also. That's true. So. That's, that's valid. Yeah, it could be another spot, though. 
mm-hmm. who knows could still be going on. So obviously the investigation is still open. And this one is recent. Like I said earlier with most of these take place a long time ago, even like most like the, like real juicy serial killer stories. Like you got a lot of them back in like the seventies and stuff, but this is a rather recent one. So Catherine says serial killers rarely stop cold like that, which is true, but just because they, st- he stopped in Albuquerque doesn't mean he stopped. He could have relocated or he could have found a different burial site. So, right. Yeah. There's, um, there's many ways that this could have went. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a wild story. Do we think that they went with, I mean, I understand that they found a bunch of bones. Do you think they went with the bone collector name because there, that movie was like significant around that time that that must've been when it came out like mid two thousands. That's a good point. I hadn't considered that, but probably I they just tied it into that. Typically very uncreative with these, uh, serial killer names. It's just, they name them after the town or whatever. I'm surprised they didn't name them like the Albuquerque Ripper, which would better much. I go with that yeah. cooler name. You know, really, it's got a lot of similarities to Jack the Ripper. West Mesa Bone Collector is a pretty chilling name. That's a pretty good one, too, yeah. Yeah, but I read this thing, and I agreed with it a couple months ago, and I can't remember the exact examples given, but it's like, we need to not give serial killers cool names. We need to give them, like, the worst names ever. (laughs) So it's like the I shit my pants killer or something like that. (laughs) So I'm like... Captain Bones. You know, I, I, I pee myself every day, killer. Like, stuff like that where... It's just like really embarrassing. Like, like once that. you finally do get caught, I hereby want to be doing put out a petition to the FBI that whenever you need a name, you can come to us. Yes, I want to we'll come up. We'll come up with a name that they will not be proud of. Okay. Yes, exactly. So that's make sure um, you throw some some of these names in the chat as well. Let yeah, us after we after the f- after the fifth one, they're be like, listen, we need you to stop naming all the serial killers <laughs> Bucky McHat. <laughs> it's getting confusing for the investigations. Yes, just the, uh, but the, honestly, bone, bone collector doesn't really apply here. He wasn't collecting the bones; he was leaving the bones. He should have been the bone lever. Also, well, that's a bad nickname, so he wouldn't have liked that. They were collected in one spot, though. Yeah, but he wasn't to. sitting on top of them like this is my collection. You don't I guess know. that's he, how you that's he kept his collection. Yeah, uh, yeah, I guess that's true. So, or he left it because he's the bone lever. The bone lever. <laughs> the bone forgetter. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, but, so I, I originally came across this. Sorry, Rob, did you have a before I move on? No, I was just gonna go into like I, obviously the land's undeveloped. Do you did you hear any haunting tales of this, or do we think that like if they ever do get to develop this area, that we should be on the lookout for hauntings? Yeah, so I, I can't imagine that that wouldn't be a hot spot for paranormal activity with all the the death and negative energy that would be there. Um, I guess. I mean, they, I don't think anyone was killed in that spot, so I don't know. Who knows how it works, but maybe. Um, but I can't. I'd actually come across this story when I was researching Haunted Hill, and um, Haunted Hill has this. This uh, it was on Reddit, so there's a whole bunch. There's like a whole subreddit for Haunted Hill, and all these people talking about their experiences there because it's a popular spot for ghost hunters, mm-hmm. and a whole lot of people were. Uh, <laughs> Cash says the boner loner. We got um, a lot of good names coming through. <laughs> Um, there's a lot of people saying that talking about the legend of the, the hermit that lived up in the cave on the top of the hill that was killing prostitutes. And a lot of people were saying that these stories didn't start until after the the case, you know, went public in, in 2009. Mm-hmm. But there are also a lot of people that were saying, no, man, I was, I grew up in the seventies and haunted hill, the hermit, the hermit story from haunted hill goes back 
all the way to the seventies. So there's no documentation on any of that, but um, the, you know, the stories are there. So I was like, that's pretty interesting. Um, but so if, and we're just, you know, spitballing here, if these stories do predate the, you know, the 2005 killings and, you know, there's a whole bunch of repeat negative events that are happening here, you get into this theory of, you know, a demonic entity, right. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, causing all these negative things to happen. So I think you could draw that parallel. And then there's the, all the skinwalker um, legends in this area also. Yeah. There's some cool ones. So, I mean, they got phantom footsteps, um, the sound of bodies being dragged. That's a little bit of a different one. Uh, they hear screams. That is very nuanced. Like, like you have to very, that's a very specific sound that they're coming up with. Like, yeah, the yeah I don't know it's not someone dragging a bag of leaves. It's a bit just because they're in fucking bag. Albuquerque. Is there any leaves in Albuquerque? Yeah, I don't know if this. I don't know they get all season in. That's a good point. Hey, we don't make the rules. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did. Most we landscapers. Did, we didn't. These leaves blew across two, two states again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe a bag of, okay, so yeah, maybe a bag of trash. I don't know. But yeah, that is an oddly specific, you know, it's just a sound of a body dragging. I, that could be one of those things that people, you know, started hearing after the, you know, after the serial killer went public. Right. Know. But they do have an apparition of the older man walking around swinging his uh, lantern. And they also see the lantern swinging by unseen hands. So I don't know if you see the apparition. He doesn't have arms or hands or something like that. They just see a lantern swinging with the uh, full-bodied apparition. But it's not a woman in white, so that's a different apparition, and we appreciate that when we get a little story with a different kind of looking ghost. Sounds yeah, but she's, like, there. Uh, she's there too. Sounds <laughs> oh, like a it. Will of the Wisps, which is what I am uh, currently writing for our History of Ghosts series right now. See, I'd never heard of that one before until you texted it to us. I'm like, it's a new one for me. Yeah, mm. I looked up pictures for that one to make the little thumbnail, and it was just a bunch of pictures of like a Pokemon, which I guess has the same name. And uh, I was like, this just isn't a scary picture. So, I'm, guys, I'm changing this podcast just gradually. We're just gonna <laughs> one day just be talking about Rob's Pokemon podcast, <laughs> <laughs> which is good because our our horror movie reviews are just the uh, hometown ghost stories. Patrick uh, Wilson movie reviews. I know he ends up being yeah, every he's movie. in all of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so with the other. Um, haunted locations that we covered so we covered chemo we covered the haunted hill and then we covered serial killer was there another location the other one was the uh the arroyos which is where la Llorona has been spotted so ah yes and we, we covered that one to fucking say that again we knew that's what you wanted to say <laughs> <laughs> we haven't had dave roll his r in a while so i just wanted to bring him back to that it's very yeah. good um so i just go back to haunted hill because they have a ton of different things it sounds it sounds almost like they're very condensed Bridgewater Triangle where they just have all their haunted stuff going on in this one space, which is pretty cool. How many, like, did you find a lot of individual stories on this or? Yeah, they're all similar and they're all from uh, ghost hunters uh, or ghost, you know, people doing ghost hunts. And it's, you know, they heard the footsteps, you know, their people heard the, uh, my favorite one is the people who heard the, um, or they saw the old man. So there's the old man with the lantern, right? And mm-hmm. there was one particular ghost story where they saw the old man with the lantern, but they couldn't see the ghosts. They could only see the swinging lantern. And then when they got closer, the old guy was running straight at them, which oh. they turned around and oh. ran. So that is very creepy. <laughs> How do you leave that yeah. out? That's terrifying. 
Yeah, they think that the ghost came from an insane guy who lived in a cave nearby, and he would lure and murder prostitutes there. I don't know if they're talking about the same serial killer, but uh, that is kind of the legend that surrounds the Haunted Hill. There's that uh, old guy used to lure him in, so they think when you see that old guy with the lantern, that's the same like they're, they're uh, the ghost not- of the guy. They're not like rats and you're using cheese, though. Like, luring them in just sounds so weird for that. Yeah, what strategy are you using as an an old, insane person to lure people into your cave? Yeah, like, just anybody. (laughs) Just like, how are we, how are we doing that? Like, like, come see my cave. We're having a party. I have cheese. Why are prostitutes walking by that cave? Right, right. That's the other thing. There's some holes so, in this story. So I just the wording on that is um suspect. I would I, I would have worded it different. I would have said brought them back to his cave. <laughs> uh, you know, just lure them. I mean yeah, maybe sounds- he's not maybe he's not luring them from the cave. Maybe he was going off to town or whatever and picking them up and bringing them back to his cave. But luring them into the cave sounds like he's in the cave, like, hey, come on. That's how I would lure prostitutes is with my fingers doing this and making that voice. <laughs> hey, come on in. How much do you cost? Yeah, yeah, that would that would work. I'm sure it's uh, very effective. Absolutely. If you could tell, I I haven't. It doesn't work well for me. <laughs> Keep trying. Sure. I need to find a man in a cave to learn his tactics. <laughs> you got to find a cave first. Let's go cave hunting soon. Mm. I don't know if there's even a cave in Massachusetts anywhere. There is. There's one tied to the Bridgewater Triangle. It's like a pirate cave. Hey, we talked about pirates. Someone just asked us to do that. <laughs> hey, we figured out a way. Yeah, there is a there is a haunted cave in the Bridgewater Triangle. We'll go more into that in the future Bridgewater Triangle episodes for sure. We'll try. We'll uh, reenact trying to lure somebody into that cave when we go to it. Yep. So all these cool locations that we skipped, is that because we're going to do a part two? I'm 100% going to do a part two at some point. Good. All right, then we won't talk. So about you that. don't want to talk about any of the other things that if you, if you dug into one and you liked it particularly, I'm, I'm happy to talk about it. There's plenty here. So no, I just wasn't sure if there was like a small thing that you were like, I can't put this in the episode. So let's just talk about this afterwards. It's kind of what I do when I find something that's like three sentences or five sentences long. I'm like, eh, a little too short to put in the episode, but we can talk about it. We, no, about I just, cave uh, guy. we did talk about the cave guy. He didn't he earn did. his spot. That's I true. did. I did allude to the um, the crybaby the crybaby ghost at the end of the episode, which I had found um, towards when I was you know just about done writing it. And I was like, I don't want to write this in, but I'll include it because it sounds really scary. And well, disappointment! Just, I thought you meant you found the actual ghost. I'm like, damn, Dave. Yes, <laughs> news for us. I know. When did when did you go? I know uh, the uh, so they had the there's this crybaby ghost and it has no face and it just lurks around the woods and people hear it by its like apparently has this like hideous scream. And it'll chase you and it has no face. So there's my three sentence ghost story that I thought was oh, terrifying. You're like, First you're like no, for, wait, go ahead. Hold on. He's burying the lead. That's terrifying. He's like, ah, eh, 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 not doing that. Like what? That's terrifying sounding. Why are you not putting that anywhere around here? Why were you just going to gloss over that? Getting that's all there it. is. There's yeah, just the already sentences that, that you, that you talked that's about. It. That's, that's all I want. That's all I need. Say it again. Well, Actually, well, just say it again. Tell me the story again. It was and your, in and your creepy narrator voice. Go, go. It was it was in the end of my fifteen minute intro episode. All right, we'll say it again. Creepy narrator voice. Go. Yeah, creepy. Do it. 
deep in the forests of Albuquerque, New Mexico. See, that's where you get the leaves from. No, 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 no. You get the creepy voice wrong. I, I was talking about man from the cave. Deep in the forest. <laughs> <laughs> All right, continue. Lurks a creature with no face. Only can be identified by its hideous screams in the night. All right, now Christopher Walken. I'd be damned. <laughs> it is not your wow. Mom. <laughs> I mean, it's creepy enough if a baby chases you. Let's be honest. Like if a baby, if a baby just gets up and runs after you, yeah, that's horrifying. Like, oh my god, that baby is so athletic and terrifying. Yeah. How did it? How did it perish if it was so fast? <laughs> it's because it had no face. I was gonna eat. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Also, how does it scream? But again, we don't make the rules. Mm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, <laughs> Mariah says, are you, are you sure that they weren't in Walmart instead of the forest? This does sound like things that you would come across. I think, across I think Walmart, sure. Walmart is the Albuquerque forest, if I'm correct there. That's true. That's true. Yeah. They do have trees and forests in Albuquerque. I mean, in New Mexico, maybe not Albuquerque, but. Thanks, Dave. So they have trees in, in Albuquerque. That's uh, breaking news. <laughs> Well, if you, if you recall, 10 minutes ago, we just said, where were the leaves come from? There's no trees. Yeah. Well, no, we didn't say Remember there was trees. It just seems like there would be. All right. Anyways, we, what we kind of trees, Jesse? Well, let's find out. No, let's not do this. Let's not have <laughs> Jesse. This is, this is a side content thing where Jesse looks up dumb shit, doesn't listen to us. All right. You guys are off the hook because up. I literally can't pronounce a single one of these. I need Dave. <laughs> Zizifitz, Jujubi, Zujubi. Chant, chant, uh, this is tough. Chanticleer, pear, pyrus, calor. Yeah, not a single one of these I can read. So, all right, you're off the hook. We're moving on. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad we did that. <laughs> That's good. I'm dropping them in chat. You guys can have your way with them. There we go. Right, uh, we, we can move on here because we get a lot of audio listeners that are wondering what the hell is going on here. Right. <laughs> all right. Well, I I don't really have anything else to add yeah. to Albuquerque. Do do you guys? No. no. So this Friday we're going to be dropping a new uh, horror movie review. That will be next, which we will be covering. Um, Tom, Bone, Tomahawk. Uh, Bone Tomahawk and Host. Uh, so oh. if you guys have watched those, weirdly sure. again, not not planned, but Bone Tomahawk feels like it slides nicely into the Albuquerque week. Mm. So Definitely has Bone that collector, feel. Bone Tomahawk. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're and, also covering the movie host. Yep. Which so, if you're looking for, it's only like an hour long, um, but it's on shutter. You can find it on shutter. Um, there's like 15 movies with this name though. So you got to really like find the right one. Yeah, I, so if you've uh, the thumbnail of our YouTube video, will have the, um, yeah. The actual image that you're looking for for the actual movie host. It's not the host. It's not anything else. It's just, just the word host. There was a lot that were really uh, particular. I mean, that were really close to that one. So there's that. And then Sunday, we're going to be covering uh, Newport, Rhode Island, uh, some of the Newport mansions and stories that go along with Newport. That's the game When you plan. say Sunday, do you mean next Tuesday? Yeah. Yeah. What the hell did I say Sunday for? Yeah. yeah. Next Tuesday, we're going to be covering that. <laughs> and um, what do we got coming up uh, after that one? I'm back and forth right now on a couple different things. I'm debating on if I want to do Helltown, Ohio, or something in Mississippi. So, Wait, is it actually called Helltown? Yeah, it's where it's really cool. Like I, I was cool. going, I was going to do Mississippi, and now I'm like, 
it might have to do Hell's Hell, Ohio. So yeah. how, can Ohio not, how can it not be haunted with a name like that? Yeah, it's got a it's got a crazy history, so I might be doing that, but I really want to cover something in Mississippi soon. So Yes. Uh I'm gonna address Parker's comments because Parker dropped a lot of comments. We weren't ignoring you, but we didn't want to get super sidetracked. Uh most of the locations that you mentioned there um are haunted. Yes, that that will be my answer to most of those, but uh we can't cover absolutely everything, but we will get to the ones that we can. Appreciate you hanging out for sure. We do Chat. kind of cover absolutely everything though. Chat Chat seems to want me to do the Ohio one. That's right. about that. So we are definitely doing Mississippi because I Matthew not, Thomas has been asking us to do Ohio for a while. Oh, has it? Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll probably do Helltown. I gotta, I gotta confirm that I like every story involved. But yeah, we'll probably do Helltown in two weeks. Sounds good. All right, so that's what's coming up. Uh, any uh, reviews you guys want to go over? Yeah, we got a couple five star reviews over the last few weeks. The first one is from Viking Pariah. Great name. Uh, it says, great show. I work midnights and need more stuff to listen to, and this gives me just enough spooky ghost stuff at work. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Simple but effective, to the point. Another 10-star review, Jesse. 10-star review. Very good. And Rachel B., with the title, Cre- Creepy But Great. This podcast is excellent if you love creepy ghost stories mixed with history, especially if you are from the New England area. I love how they are believers in the supernatural, but it's clear that they are also skeptical, which makes it more believable when they say something is haunted. Cannot recommend this podcast enough. So thank you, Stephanie. Or Rachel, sorry. There's 8,000 Stephanie, so it's just... You're usually right if you just throw up the name. Yeah, if I just say that name, I'm usually right. Uh, 100%. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to our uh, patrons, people who joined us, a few new ones this week. But we have Mark M, Papa Squatch, Stephen V, and Lisa J. Those are our VIPs, Stephen and Lisa. Thank you guys for that. We have Mike B, Brandon W, Sarah W, Soph. We have Hooper, Jake V, Stephanie A, Seth Dave Sucks W, Captain McSlugs, Sarah R, who is also Dave Loves Bacon. And I want to thank you guys so much. So that's Patreon. So if you guys are interested in getting your name in the credits and uh, some extra perks, swing on over to Patreon. Check us out at Hometown Ghost Stories. You can also make a name derogatory towards Dave, which is... Or Jesse or Rob. That's also an option. (laughs) (laughs) You could. You could. Anyways, that'll pretty much do it for this week. Um, Anything else, gentlemen? That's it for me. Cool, cool. All right. We'll talk to you next time.